Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky, West Edmonton Mall, Leduc, and Spruce Grove, WilhawkBeefJerky.com. Connor Halley and Brandon Douglas with you today, talking all things fantasy sports for the entirety of the next hour here on Sports 1440. Of course, we love your text messages into our inbox, 1-833-401-1440. If you want to jump in on the conversation, Connor at sports1440.ca is the email. Also, Brandon at sports1440.ca. And then on Twitter or X at Connor Halley at B underscore A underscore D 1727. Brandon, you are, what, like five hours into your shift today. Uh, how the, how'd the morning go? You had a couple icons in the city joining you guys today. Yeah, great morning. Uh, great morning. Uh, hearing Rod Phillips on, I think, was was awesome, and getting the chance to hear him and him and Grant Fear kind of, you know, recollect some of the uh, the glory days of the Oilers franchise, of course, with the dynasty and Rod being on the call for all of those, plus another thousand uh, mixed in the, there as well. So great to hear from Rod, and I think it was really cool because. I mean, Rod's already been, um, you know, retired for for well over a decade now. So this kind of new generation of Oilers fans, a lot of them probably aren't even that familiar with Rod or his work. So I'm hoping that hearing him this morning uh, maybe inspires some of our younger listeners to go back and listen to some of Rod's calls uh, from whether it be the dynasty days or even through the the 2000s and stuff. Because as uh, as Grant and, and Kevin Carius said multiple times, like there's nobody better. And the listener, the text line. Uh, echoes that entirely as well people love rod and lots of people calling for him to get back on the call with uh, for one more game maybe yeah but uh old rp did not seem too keen on that idea at uh, at east stretch he's he's enjoying retirement he said <laughs> yeah he, he's a, an absolute beauty the things he saw absolutely uh you know just being there for all those iconic moments with the team uh very cool you guys had him on very talented family of course daughter quinn she's been in the studio here with you guys uh, with Explorer Edmonton, a long time on Global Sports. So very cool. You guys had Rod on the show. Uh, if you missed it, make sure you check out uh, Apple or Spotify. It's all up there on the podcast section. Uh, of course, today on the program, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL waiver wire. Of course, uh, bye week's going to start to hit teams as it has been for the last couple of weeks. The Jags, Niners, Lions, and Broncos on the bye weeks, by the way. So that could affect you. Maybe you got Jared Goff. Uh, I know... We've got the president of the Jameer Gibbs fan club on the other side of the, the computer monitors here, Brandon Douglas. So he's going to probably have some issues. Maybe you've got Montgomery, St. Brown. You've got Laporta. You've got uh, a lot of guys. And then the Niners. I mean, those people who have pretty much rode Christian McCaffrey to victory. Uh, they got to worry about that one this week, the Jacksonville Jaguars. So a lot of big names in fantasy football out this week, I guess for the Denver Broncos, maybe of Russell Wilson. That's probably be the only reliable, although Cortland Sutton had an okay week last week. Uh, we'll, we'll let you know some potential waiver wire pickups you might want to look at. Of course, there's always injuries you have to factor in as well. And we're also going to be talking some daily fantasy hockey because there's a lot of games on in case you missed it. There's 16 games today. Of course, the Edmonton Oilers in action taking on the Minnesota Wild, a familiar foe. Uh, I know if you've been a fan or covered the Oilers for a long time, you know that the Oilers in their history, have had some issues with the Minnesota Wild, and they will do so tonight without Connor McDavid. But that creates opportunity, uh, not only in reality, but also in the fantasy realm, because uh, certain players on the Edmonton Oilers might get another chance. Uh, Brandon, I, I got to think, you know, for uh, for a fantasy player, a daily fantasy player, or even the gamblers out there, uh, a day when there's 16 games in the NHL, that you, you got a potential for a 16-leg parlay right there. 
Yeah, the NHL, uh, for once, actually did a good job uh, lining this up. Uh, and there are people that have qualms with, you know, there was one game last night uh, going back to the, like, two games on Sunday, even back to last Friday, just a couple games, and then a fully loaded Saturday, and then literally as many games as you could possibly have today with 16. Some people might like to see it a little more balanced out, but the NHL, I thought, did a good job. Almost every start time is staggered by at least 10 to 15 minutes uh, across the board. Um, ESPN, they're having like some wraparound coverage, almost sort of like red zone uh, between, I believe, 5 and 6 o'clock mountain time. Um, I think if I read that correctly, they're calling it Frozen Frenzy, so I'm not sure where as Canadians would be able to access that. I, we had a text saying it might be on DAZN maybe, but um, I, I, I haven't been able to confirm that in the meantime. But as a, as a gambler, as a daily fantasy guy, yeah, this is, this is a, a dream. And I'm not going to say what kind of dream because this is uh, air, uh, radio airwaves, so it's not necessarily appropriate. But what I like about the daily fantasy angle with this many games is that, like last night, everybody's roster is looking the same on daily fantasy. There's only so many players you can pick. Today, there is a limitless nearly number of players, so there's going to be a lot of diversity in lineups and maybe giving um, some real uh, savvy choosers and uh, player pickers a chance to cash in as a result of that. If you get one one kind of sleeper pick on your daily fantasy lineup today, that could play huge because there's so many guys in action across the board. Quick correction for myself. Uh, no buys this week in the NFL, so everyone's good. Everyone's gravy. I, oh. clicked, I clicked too far ahead. I got a little anxious, so week... What are we in here? Week eight, approaching and then week eight, yeah. Week twelve, no bye weeks hmm. in the NFL. Week twelve is like the dream bye week, I would think, for teams. Maybe even week eight. You know, nice spot for you. So no buys this week. Um, so everyone's got back there. Oh, we didn't even have to tell you about you know deep waiver wires. Just roll with your team, then, right? Well, but a couple couple more injuries <laughs> uh, and things like. I mean, like I've uh, I did dip back into the waiver wire last night. I put the claim in. After dropping Brandon Powell on Sunday to pick up um, uh, Bobo with the Seahawks, who had a great day, uh, Powell looking like he is actually a reliable option in this uh, new-look Vikings offense without Justin Jefferson spreading the ball around. I think it's pretty clear Jordan Addison is the WR1 as it stands right now, kind of a breakout performance for him last night. But between K.J. Osborne uh, and Brandon Powell, they're still getting a fair share of targets. I would have loved... KJ Osborne to find some pay dirt last night that would have been able to secure a pretty miracle victory for me but no luck doing so I, I dropped that matchup we talked about it a bit yesterday George Kittle outperforming Osborne basically sealed my fate um, great game last night and uh, and yeah you're right week 12 would be kind of like as Sweet a head spot. coach as coordinator as a team that seems like the ideal spot yeah I mean it it is kind of weird week 13 Ravens Bills Bears Raiders Vikings, Giants, and then week 14, just the Cards and the Commanders. Uh, staggered bye weeks. Yeah, for me, I needed 16 points from the Niners defense, Brandon Ayuk, and Alexander Madison. Got 11, lost. Mm. So I was pretty frustrated. I mean, that Niners defense couldn't couldn't get a pick six for me. You know, Nick Bosa, a little strip sack something. It's uh, the I, I tweeted this out last night, but the Niners now two weeks in a row, like the, for the first part of the season, they looked almost unstoppable uh, between their the variety of weapons, the the, stout, the very stout defense, uh, Shanahan's offensive scheme. Like, they looked superhuman, but now they just look very human. 
which is obviously a very different uh, terminology to use. So the the Niners, I don't think they're necessarily in trouble. They're still the same team. Uh, get a few guys back, especially Trent Williams, um, back to full health, and I'm sure they'll roll along just fine. But all of a sudden, that one loss can uh, put a pretty big damper on their chances of getting the one seed out of the NFC. Uh, text line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Kurt from Barrett says, "Hey, fellas, with Jerome Ford being down for one to two weeks, should Kareem Hunt be expected to be the bell cow back in Cleveland? I mean, I would say like this is kind of obviously not ideal for the injury situation that they've had, but we talked about as time goes on, Kareem Hunt could start to take more and more reps. Uh, Jerome Ford being doubtful. I think Pierre Strong currently listed as third on the depth chart." I would expect Kareem Hunt to get the bulk of the carries. I don't know about you. I mean, we've seen in the past, the Cleveland Browns running back depth has actually been pretty good where they are able to find guys off the practice squad and jump them right in and ready to go. But I would assume Kareem Hunt would be the guy who's going to be taking the majority of the carries here. Oh, yeah, I think without a doubt. And and Pierre Strong, um, he did get the ball a pretty decent amount, more than I would have expected, I guess, in the stretch of that game after Jerome Ford went out, who, um, despite leaving with injury, had a, very good fantasy day, mainly off of that one big run uh, and score he had. Um, Kareem Hunt looks like he's kind of getting back to the guy that we saw most of last season in that tandem with Nick Chubb, the perfect spell-off guy, uh, and kind of gives you a bit of a different approach to the game. But the, Cleveland's kind of running out of options. You said they, they've shown a capability of elevating guys and getting them in the mix, but once you get a certain point down your depth chart, uh, even the quickly adapting guys just simply don't have the actual skill set. If they did, they'd be on a roster somewhere else already. Um, so I, I think Kareem Hunt's a great guy to roll with if you did pick him up and kind of been stashing him uh, since he got back into the mix in Cleveland and maybe not necessarily starting him on a week-to-week basis. I think you can pretty safely do that uh, moving forward for the Browns. Had a text come in here, and I shut down my text browser. It was uh, from yesterday. I don't know if you have it up there, Brandon. It was regarding Nico Heischer and mm. the plan with him. I'm, I'm slowly getting back to business here, so we'll, we'll get to this one right away. one 1440 is the text line if you do want to get into the conversation. Okay, James from the Hood says, Hey, boys, you told me to text back today, so thank you. Yeah, that came in towards the end of the show yesterday. Uh, says, I have Nico Heischer in my pool, and he doesn't even have a point. Now he's injured. I only have one trade. Would you make a trade this early? And do you guys know when he's supposed to be back? And do you know if he's been demoted to the second line on the Devils? So Amanda Stein from the Devils website, the team reporter, says he is on track to return tonight. So that's a good sign for you. I don't know if I would make the trade this early with Nico Heischer. I I think you got to kind of ride it out a little bit longer to see if he regains his form. We know the Devils do have a lot of depth offensively. A lot of scoring power. Even if he was demoted to the second line, that might not necessarily be the worst thing. So, Brandon, my advice would be just to to stick with him a little bit longer. Yeah, you are risking that his his trade value could go down, but I think I'd hold off on that one. You never know when you're going to have an injury that's more long-term with uh, he sure looking to return to the lineup tonight. Sorry, there's a fly on my computer. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Brandon? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be looking to move on from he sure, especially if you are in a league where you do get just the one or maybe even a couple trades. Like, the, And I say this a lot about some hockey questions, and, and I'm sorry if it comes off as flaky, but 
like unless the return is really good, like Nico Hersher is a, a point per game player, Selkie Trophy finalist. He plays in all situations, and you say demoted to the second line. Like most of the time, he's playing second line anyway. Like Jack Hughes is the Devils' top line center. They might mix or match, and you can kind of basically debate which line actually is the top one. But according to Daily Faceoff, uh, as of this morning, um, he's sure lining up between Jesper Bratt and Andre Pilat. Those are pretty two quality teammates, but. Nico Heischer still playing center on the first power play unit where Jack Hughes goes back and plays the point as they run a four forward operation. I'm I love Nico Heischer. He he took a while to get going in the NHL after being a first overall pick. Really exploded the past couple of years. The Devils are a team on the rise. We talked about it with uh, Dawson Mercer. I think it was yesterday. Um, even Timo Meyer going back to last week and his kind of lack of offensive production since coming over in the trade uh, at the deadline last season. Unless it's a, a true bottom six forward, say a, a Curtis Lazar or an Alex Holtz, even he could be debated. He might get some chance in the top six. I'm not really selling on any Devils players because they're slated to score a lot of goals before the season's over, and that will include spreading the puck around. So don't sell on Heischer yet, especially if you only have one trade to make. Save that for a little bit more of a dire situation. Uh, Smitty the Welder says, hey, Brandon Connor, I have Hill, I assume Aiden, Jack Campbell, and Vanacek. Two goalies. Who do you think I should start? So Vitek Vanacek and the aforementioned Devils, they are in Montreal tonight. Jack Campbell, of course, in Minnesota with the Oilers. And Aiden Hill goes up against the Flyers uh, for a home game for Vegas on the late game, 9 p.m. Mountain Time. That one starts. Oh, Lord, I don't know if I'll be staying up for that one. Love it. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, the Knights and the Devils seemingly have the better matchup uh, versus in terms of offensive firepower going against the goaltenders. I'm not a huge Vitek Vanacek fan, uh, and this is just strictly from a, a an eye test standpoint. You know, he, he lost the starting job to Akira Schmidt in the playoffs last season. I'm not sure he's a long-term number one. That's kind of the one area the Devils still remain uncertain, I guess. Uh, I love Aiden Hill for the for the Knights. If he is, I haven't checked the, the scheduled starters for everybody yet, but if he's confirmed going, then I like Hill for sure. The Oilers, you talked about it right at the top, Connor. Traditionally, not a lot of success in Minnesota, uh, at least in recent memory. But I, and once again, I'm not an Oilers fan. This isn't necessarily <laughs> biased. The Oilers are due to kind of shake out of this funk and first game without your captain in the lineup. A lot of guys thinking they have to step up and prove some people wrong. Jack Campbell hasn't been bad. He hasn't been great with the, probably the exception of the one start, but he, he hasn't been at fault for a lot of what's gone wrong for the Oilers. So once again, check to make sure that those three goalies are the actual confirmed starters. If one's not, then obviously go with the two that are. But otherwise, I think I like um, I think I like Campbell and Hill for your two options there. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with you. The Devils goaltending this year has not been great. Both goalies save percentage under 900. Uh, 3.62 save or goals against average. So yeah, I, th- I think that might be the way to go. And I, I'm really intri- intrigued by the Edmonton Oilers, what they're going to do, especially, you know, without McDavid. Like, hey guys, everyone has to raise their level of play. I mean, it, it shouldn't come to this, but everyone is going to have to be kind of on alert here. You're going to play better defensively and we'll see how it goes for the Oilers without Connor McDavid. I heard uh, Frank Saravalli on the show with you guys today saying, don't rule him out for Sunday. It he could be, but the way they worded it, you never know. I think Frank, uh, I, I uh, Frank is as in touch with everything behind the scenes as anybody in hockey. 
but I think there was a little bit of Frank um, trying to feed the flame of what uh, that was. It flooded our text line yesterday, uh, for pretty much open to close of our live uh, live in house programming from seven to six about people saying that McDavid will play in the classic. Some people think it's because of pressure from the NHL to have their superstars playing. Other people think it's because the Oilers need him back. Yada yada, all these different options. But yeah, Frank's saying it's uh, it's not out of the question, like you said, because of the way the Oilers worded it. Maybe they're leaving it ambiguous for people to think he might play. So if they're still trying to sell those last uh, couple tickets to the game on Sunday, I don't know. Um, but I'm I'm in the camp that if it's even close, I would not be playing Connor McDavid in that game um, unless he is well over 110%. Begs the question, is a 70% Connor McDavid better than blank number of players on the Edmonton Oilers? Is the risk of injury worth it? You that's know? that's the bigger question for me. Like, yes, a 70% Connor McDavid is probably better <laughs> than 70% of the rest of the players in the entire NHL, let alone just the Oilers roster in-house. But uh, it's just all the all the factors of the um, the outdoor environment, the the less than ideal ice conditions, the the drama and everything. Maybe the flames are a little more amped up if, if Rasmus Anderson gets back into the mix and all of a sudden out there looking to take guys' heads off again. Uh, if he gets a suspension reduced, that's uh, that's an element you have to deal with every game. But yeah, the, the risk for injury just because of the the less than ideal ice, I think, is the biggest factor for me in sitting him out, regardless of if he thinks he can play or not. Don't want to be that that uh, trainer that has to tell McDavid he can't go. Uh, we'll take a break here. Very quickly, Amazon Driver says, Week 12 is American Thanksgiving. Three games on Thursday at the cost for the no-buy weeks. You guys are killing it. Thank you, Amazon Driver. Thank you for what you do as well. You're killing it. Uh, we got Nathan and Evan with some texts coming in here. We'll get to those. Uh, maybe we'll throw them towards the direction of our next guest, Jeff Ulrich of the... Matthew Berry, Fantasy Life, as well as a contributor with DraftKings. He's on social media at the Fantasy Grind. We're talking to him next, a little daily fantasy hockey with all 32 games in action today in the NHL. I think they get going at 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock, yeah. Seems like rather than have a 9 o'clock start, we could probably start a game at 4 o'clock Eastern time, but that's okay. It's the frenzy in the NHL, and this is frenzy on the AM dial. Uh, We'll be back in a couple minutes here. Hallie Douglas on Sports 1440 brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Welcome back to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Check them out online at wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. If you want to get into the conversation, 1-833-401-1440 is the text line. we got a couple questions we will get to with our next guest. It is the Fantasy Wizard, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. You can join the CBH for Monday, Thursday, and Sunday night football for your chance to win awesome game day prizes and qualify for a chance to win a trip for two to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Uh, Brandon, I don't know if you know yet where you'll be on Thursday, but last night I was down at Edmonton North. Uh, Very good time. They had it all decked out for Halloween, which was awesome. Uh, There was a couple there celebrating a lady's birthday. So got her a couple dangles to celebrate, sent her home with a sports 1440 hat. And uh, yeah, it was a very good time down at the CBH. Do you know, do you know where you're going Thursday night? Downtown Edmonton. So not oh. the not the ice house. I'm there in a couple weeks from now, I believe. Uh, and then, of course, that's where our big championship weekend watch party is going to be. But no, the downtown Edmonton location just off 109th Street, just north of Jasper Avenue. I can't remember exactly what avenue it's on, but right on 109th it is. Oliver-ish? I think so. Like right by McEwen. Oh. Right by GMAC, yeah. Well, Thursday night, that'll be a good time. I am hoping, I'm counting on it. Oh, yeah. That'll be fun. Uh, you can join Brandon there. Okay, let's bring him in right now. Jeff Ulrich, you can give him a follow on Twitter or X at the Fantasy Grind. 
He's from Matthew Barry's Fantasy Life, also a contributor with DraftKings. Uh, Jeff, how are you doing today? Doing good. How are you guys doing? Doing very good. Doing very good. Uh, let's start off in this market. Of course, uh, we know there are all 32 teams in action tonight in the NHL. So got to think for a daily fantasy sports fan, kind of living the dream. Uh, we'll start with the Oilers, though. Obviously taking on the Minnesota Wild. They'll be without their captain, Connor McDavid. He, he seems to kind of benefit everyone in that Edmonton Oilers offensive uh, outlook. So when you look at the Edmonton Oilers tonight, who are some smart plays for daily fantasy sports? Yeah, I mean, look, Connor McDavid being out, I think, obviously, um, you know, like like the saying goes, the rising tide obviously lifts all boats. But um, Connor McDavid is the tide that lifts a lot of the players in the Oilers lineup. But at the same time, I mean, um, you know, you're going up against the Minnesota Wild team, 12 goals allowed in their last um, couple games. They're allowing an insane amount of shots on goal over that span as well. Uh, I think Leon Draisaitl is someone that, for daily fantasy, you probably want to build around tonight. I mean, he's only 8,800. He's under 9,000. I think Draisaitl too, sometimes just gets forgotten about when you're talking about the most elite players in the league for the simple reason that he's, he plays behind McDavid. So um, I, I think that just starting with Leon in this game is actually a really good good idea. I mean, um, none of the, the goaltending on both sides has been a bit of an issue, um, certainly for the Oilers, but... I think when you're looking at the Oilers lineup, I mean, Dreisaitl is, is just going to get a ton of ice at this point. That's great for fantasy, great for his usage, and he's got a great matchup. And then, you know, going down the Oilers lineup, I mean, you know, you could certainly look to pair him with uh, like an Everett Bouchard on the blue line, which I, I like. I mean, Bouchard, for all his faults, he's going to get a, just a ton of power play exposure. I think Evander Kane's in a good spot. Um, so I, I do like the Oilers tonight, um, regardless of whether, you know, the, the injury to McDavid, obviously. And I think on the other side, a guy like Kalen Addison may be a good uh, value play for defense. The Wild are an interesting team. Um, they, they, you know, Johansson, Goudreau potentially. You could pay up for Capper's off and just look to stack this game. But if if I'm picking one stud, it would be Drysaddle. Now looking around the rest of the NHL, obviously you have a lot of games to choose from. Uh, who are some names that you think could provide good value? Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, we just have a, a smorgasbord to pick on tonight. I, I think from the blue line, I know one uh, one play, one name I just have, you know, underlined here. I mean, well, we'll talk about Florida in general. I mean, Oliver ekman Larson on the blue line, 4,800. Um, you know, with the injuries that they have there and with the matchup against San Jose, um, I, I, you know, I, I think that's just a, a great play. Uh, I mean, he's under 5K. He's going to get great exposure. And I think staying with that game, I mean, Again, like uh, Matthew Tuchuk started a little slow. The Panthers will start a little slow. But, I mean, targeting Tuchuk at 8,300, if you can fit him in as like a second, uh, you know, uh, as your first winger and maybe sort of second high-priced player, I do really like that. I mean, again, he's, he's well overdue to, get to grab a goal here. Really good spot against um, the Sharks, obviously. So uh, I think the Panthers are another offense that I, I, would, I would definitely try targeting um, if he can fit those names in. It is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor, Hallie, Brandon, Douglas with you, joined by Jeff Arick of Matthew Berry's Fantasy Life and DraftKings. Uh, lots of games to go to tonight. Uh, how about for goaltenders? Is there any names that stick out to you in the goaltending position here this evening? Yeah, um, you know, I, I don't mind taking um, uh, Elvis Merlikens. Um, is Well, he's, he's on the early slate, but I guess if you're playing um, then, you know, you could look to him. I also think Billy Hasso. Um, with uh, with the Red Wings, obviously, um, is, has started well. I mean, they're uh, they're allowing a lot of shots, but both of those uh, both of those names are also going to be like early starters. So unless you're playing early slates, not going to be able to use them. 
I think just going with, you know, um, if you're looking up top, going with like a chalk play, uh, probably paying up for um, whoever's starting a net for Boston, I think is going to be fine. Uh, you know, all Mark Swayman. I know Chicago's, you know, shown a little bit of spunk, but ultimately I think it's a, a colossal mismatch. Getting them under 8,500, I think, is, is a pretty good spot tonight. Potentially see one goal, potentially even a shutout potential. Uh, and I like Stillars, um from Florida as well. Again, San Jose is just such a weak team. Florida does allow some shots, so he should be able to rack up some saves in that department. I just think Florida's overdue for kind of a dominating win there. So I think that's another name at 8,200 you could look to. I think if you're going to go cheaper, um, you know, Jake Ottinger at 7,800, um, I, I think is definitely in play. Should be a close game. Pittsburgh's been a little bit up and down for, for defense as well. Um, and then if you really want to get crazy, you know, you could probably look to uh, Johansson from the Tampa Bay Lightning as well. Um, Carolina still uh, a little bit banged up. Jeff Ulrich from Matthew Berry's Fantasy Life and DraftKings is our guest here on Fantasy Frenzy with Hallie and Douglas on Sports 1440. Jeff, uh, going back to the daily fantasy lineup of uh, a name that has had a pretty good start to the year with a new environment, and he's going back to the place he uh, played previously. Sean Dersey with the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, he's man in the top power play unit, four points, including two power play goals so far this year. He's a little bit on the price here, side when you kind of consider um, the Coyotes as a team, but what do you make of Dersey's season so far this year and as a daily fantasy option and maybe picking up in your uh, own fantasy leagues as well moving forward? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it, it, I mean, it's all about opportunity, right? So... You know, again, I, I think you, you look, when Dursley went over there, it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, I mean, I, they don't really have any other defensemen to, to kind of run the power play. So clearly, like, his role was really – it was going to be really defined. It was going to be high usage from the start. I don't see any of that changing for him. Um, the matchup tonight, yeah, like you said, it's, it's against an old team. It's against a division rival. The Kings really haven't looked that good to start. They don't really have strong goalies. I, I, I think 5,400 is a little bit high, but it's not – it's not outrageous in this spot. You know, you're just looking at the players around him as well. I mean, Latang again, I just mentioned Ottinger. It's not the greatest matchup for him. He's also losing time to um, Carlson. You know, you, you look, looking down even, I mean, Dobson against Colorado. Like, none of the other names in that range really stick out as great. Maybe maybe Gossesbeer, uh, Gossesby against um, Seattle. But, again, I, I think Jersey's actually in a pretty good spot compared to the rest of the salary range. So, Always looking to that too, you know, is, is this player kind of, is there better values that should be taken over this player? Am I getting, trying to get too fancy? But I, I think Dursey, even at his price range, uh, a player you should be looking to in a lot of nights, um, hopefully when he's cheaper. But even tonight, I, I think he's in a pretty good spot, to be honest. A team that has uh, a ton of offensive firepower, but maybe a little bit underwhelming to start the season, both uh, from a team result and some individuals, is the New Jersey Devils. We've had ton to, tons of texts coming in over the past week or so uh, on names like Timo Meyer, Dawson Mercer, and then today, Nico Heischer. Um, both looking at their game tonight versus the Habs uh, and then down the line as well. Like, Are you ready to cut bait on some of these guys that aren't named Jack Hughes, or do you think patience is the right play? No, it's definitely patience. The, the Devils are a good team. Nothing's changed. Um, we, you know, we're five games in. I think this is actually, I had this, this is the other game I had circled as, you know, you should be looking to take some Devils tonight. They're playing the Canadians. Um, you know, weak goaltending. Just, I mean, just weak team in general. Uh, they're going to allow some shots. I think this is a very good spot for guys like Hersher potentially um, to, to kind of get off the side and, and, and maybe, you know, put up like a 5-1 win, just kind of dominate. 
I, I think that, you know, you can, you can again, like Hughes is 9,000. I would prefer going down to Dreisaitl there probably, but um, certainly like the other devils are in play. I mean, obviously Hersher, you know, you, you could look to pair him with like Brat, uh, you know, look to potentially take Luke Hughes as, as a power play um, piece as well and, and maybe get like two or three pieces of the, uh, the New Jersey uh, power play and stack that together. And again, you can you can certainly use Jack Hughes. Um, I'm not like uh, against it at all either. Like Tyler Toffoli, um, you can go all in here. But again, if you're looking for just uh, to, like cheaper pieces, I think this is a good spot to grab some of those names that have started slowly, uh, because again, the matchup's not going to get much better. And um, you know, the, the Devils are just are they're a good team. Like, I, who knows how long the slump is going to last? But I don't think it's going to last too much longer. Um, I, I think this is a really good spot for them for fantasy either way tonight. Jeff, thanks so much for doing this today. Really appreciate you hopping on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot, guys. There you go. That is Jeffrey Ulrich, Matthew Barry's Fantasy Life. Also, you can get him on DraftKings, also uh, on social media at the Fantasy Grind. Uh, always appreciate him coming on. And uh, for daily fantasy sports players, it's a fun day today. You got the NBA as well. So lots going on. Uh, some questions coming into the inbox here. one 401 Nathan says... Start to bench one. What do I do? You got Anze Kopitar against the Coyotes, Elias Pedersen against Nashville, and Zabinajad against Calgary. Brandon, what do you think? I'm uh, I'm just buzzing down. After we had that first question about the goalies, I wanted to take a look at who we do have confirmed uh, so far tonight, and it's prevalent to this question as well because obviously what goalie you're going up against certainly matters. Uh, the Flames are on. A, uh, they they played Detroit on Sunday, so Jacob Markstrom is confirmed to go tonight for them. The the Flames are, are similar to the Oilers, kind of off to a t- tough start to the season. I'm still a believer in Jacob Markstrom and, and Mika Zabinajet, excuse me. I still think probably one of the most underrated players in the NHL. Yes, he's surrounded by a lot of talent, uh, but you still have to be able to play with those guys and distribute the puck well, and he's proven to be able to do that. I think Elias Pettersson is for sure a lock here. Yes, uh, Nashville has got a great goaltender in Soros, but they're not the most stout defensive team. A lot of moving parts in and out over the past couple seasons, uh, including Matias Ekholm now at the Oilers. Anze Kopitar is a Hall of Fame player, but I do think it is starting to reach the point now with the Kings that he is not their go-to offensive option. Um I, I, I'm going to lean towards Zabinajed and Pedersen here, which I believe is what the texter said, uh, yeah. but then followed up by saying, but Arizona sucks. I actually don't <laughs> think Arizona sucks that much. I'll be honest. Uh, they're not a great team, but they should be plucky. And uh, and their goaltender, Karel Vamelka, um, is, I think, one of the actually one of the better goalies in the league, just kind of stuck playing in a bad spot at the moment. So um, I, I'll go Pedersen and Zabinajed just based off of um, pedigree and, and future outlook at the moment. Uh, you and texting in, hey, Connor and Brandon, what are your thoughts on what happened with the 49ers last night? I mean, I think, you know, you you touched on it there. Trent Williams, their all-world left tackle didn't play. That's, that's an impact move. Debo uh, Samuel didn't play. That's an impact play right there. Jordan Addison saved Kirk Cousins offers oh, interceptions. What a, what a like, play. It's crazy that happened virtually twice in the same game where yeah. two guys going up for a ball and uh, the first time around, the, the defensive player coming away, then the second time Addison kind of, you know, I don't know if it's just a matter of gritting your teeth a little bit more and not wanting to let that happen to you a second time because... That was yeah. underthrown. That was a bad throw. It, it was not a great throw, but I, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due. Kirk Cousins takes a lot of flack for his play in prime time, and you and I talked about it. He's shaken that reputation in, in more recent memory but it still lingers nonetheless. 
he he had a great game last night. Uh, he was under pressure a lot. We know how good that Niners front is. Um, and yes, he did throw the pick, but that was virtually right at the start of the game. Uh, he kind of shook that off well. And yes, his receivers bailed him out a couple times, but there were also a couple times that like KJ Osborne just about came down with a tremendous catch that bounced around that just yeah. got away from him. That could have been another turning point in the game. The Vikings still, of course, won. But I just... I, I don't know if it's necessarily anything wrong with the Niners apart from missing a couple big contributors in uh, Debo Samuel and Trent Williams. I think you just got to give a little bit credit to the Vikings. They've Mm -hmm. had an underwhelming start to the year. People, I don't know if they had them flagged as contenders to start the year after moving on from Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen and bringing in a couple new bodies there. They improved the defense, albeit mildly. I think the Vikings are a good team. They've had some bad luck to start the year, and I just think you got to give them credit for playing a great game against a really good Niners team last night. Go back to last year. The Minnesota Vikings had a very good record, and they were winning those one-score games. Go back to this year. They lost by three to the Vikings, six to the Eagles in Philly, four to the Chargers, seven to the Chiefs. Like, it's close. They are a competitive football team that last year was winning these games, this year is not. And just looking at their schedule going forward, at Green Bay, at Atlanta, sorry, yes, hosting the Saints, in Denver, taking on the Bears, bye week, the Raiders. Those are all winnable games. So the Minnesota Vikings could go on a run here. Uh, if you're a Niners fan, I'm not too concerned. You know, you get a couple guys back in the lineup, maybe simplify things a little bit for Brock Purdy. I think he's going to be someone who's going to have... Uh, a lot of debate going on because the supporters will say, look at his record. The naysayers will say, well, look at the numbers. They aren't that great. So yeah, he's going to be a guy who's going to be a polarizing figure for a little bit longer here. Uh, We got a text from Eric. We'll get to when we come back. Also, James from the hood says, thanks guys. I'll hang on to Nico Heischer for the time being. I had the second last pick, so I couldn't get any top Oilers. Instead, I have Jack Hughes, Jesper Brad, David Pasternak. So I'm doing all right. Love this show and glad sports talk is back. Uh, James from the hood. Yes, James, we're glad to be back as well. If you want to get some questions in, one 401 It is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Hallie and Douglas brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. 1142 here on Fantasy Frenzy brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. Alberta's best beef jerky. Check them out online at wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here. we got about uh, 13 minutes left in the program today. Up next, it will be the lowdown with Low Tide and Declan Kruger putting this out there. At noon, they're talking Oilers Wild. And then at 12.20, they'll have Sarah McClellan. She covers the Minnesota Wild for the Star Tribune. She'll join the boys at 12.40. Paul Jones, radio analyst for the Toronto Raptors, will be by... One o'clock, they'll talk some NHL rumors. I wonder what kind of rumors they'll have cooked up today. And then at uh, one twenty, it is Daniel Nugent Bowman of The Athletic. And they'll take your text at uh, one forty. And then we'll have the Jason Greger Show. We'll hear from CBS MLB writer Matt Snyder. We got a Game 7 in the majors. Unbelievable. Paul Sir will drop by to take a look around the NBA as it gets going tonight. Uh, former NHLer, former Oiler, Sean Brown will be in from 3 to 5 to help us get through the day. We'll hear from Dave McCarthy of Sirius XM. Qualify another person for Help Your Neighbor around 3.40, I think, maybe into 4 o'clock. Also, Jason Strudwick will be by. We'll talk some Minnesota Wild with Jesse Pierce of NHL.com. Speck at 5. Derek Van Deest at 5.20. We've got five questions, a whole lot more. So uh, lots of stuff going on. Imagine almost like a, a long pregame show. 
There's lots of Oilers and Wild Talk coming up in the next six hours with some NBA sprinkled in, a little MLB. It's going to be a lot of fun. The text line, one 401 Lance talking about the Vikings says they won't beat the Raiders. How'd the Raiders do last week against a former Div 3 quarterback, Lance? Not good. Not good. Brian Hoyer, maybe not the future there. Maybe they should try that AOC kid. Brett Farva, as he's been known on the internet. Uh, Calzone says, I successfully traded for McDavid. Received McDavid, Burns, Tarasenko, gave up Matthews, Brady Kachuk, and Heiskanen from the Dallas Stars. Opinions? I mean, you got the best player when he's when he's back. Hope, hopefully the injury doesn't persist throughout the entirety of the year. Austin Matthews is going to get you the goals. Brady Kachuk can kind of do it all, and I, I like Miro Heiskanen as well. So they usually say if you get the best player, you win the trade, right? That is the the general um, rhetoric, but uh, I, I will say I, I think you you made out good. Of course, you did get the best player, um, but I, I think the Matthews and Kachuk That's a combination uh, of the fact that they bring different elements, uh, Kachuk with some physicality and some pims, getting Burns, he's going to put up points, but uh, not as diversified as a guy like Miro Heiskanen, who is a player I'm in love with watching play hockey. Uh, I'm not sure he'll ever win a Norris Trophy just because of the other guys that are basically alongside him in the league, because realistically, Kale McCarr could win the next 14 straight. <laughs> you have other guys like Adam Fox, uh, now Quinn Hughes emerging. Who knows what Luke Hughes can do, but... Darnell Mar- Nurse. Dar- Darnell Nurse, of course, a perennial Norris contender. Um, so I think Heiskanen kind of it gets a bit of a raw deal that way, but he is as good as it gets in the NHL in terms of all-around defensemen. So you gave up a lot, but you got McDavid. And uh, by his own standards, a slow start to the season. Now the injury, you, I, I think you're really hoping on the fact he uh, turns the Jets on once he returns and uh, kind of returns back to that 150-esque point pace because then I'm sure you'll be fine. I, I think uh, Austin Matthews probably looking at another... 40 to 50 goal right in the realm of a 100-point season. Brady Kachuk can certainly put up a centennial mark. And uh, and Meryl Heiskin, it's not laughable as 60 points as a defenseman as well. I don't think you're going to see those similar numbers from uh, Burns and Tarasenko. Well, maybe Burns, but definitely not Tarasenko. Uh, he's kind of, I think, hoping for maybe 30 goals to get back on track with his new home in our nation's capital. So you made out okay. You got the best player, but uh, you gave up a lot. So hopefully, I hope it works out for you. Evan texting in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Boys, I'm perplexed. He's got three goalies. I'm assuming he needs to start two. So you got Joseph Wall in Toronto. They take on the Washington Capitals. Carter Hart in Philly. Taking on the Vegas Golden Knights at eleven o'clock Eastern time. And Jordan Binnington with St. Louis taking on the Jets. The Jets. Two and three, the Winnipeg Jets. So if you're if you were ranking those, Brandon, from best start to worst start, who who are you going with here? Uh, I love Joseph Wall right off the top. I, I picked him up in some of my own leagues to to see he was already confirmed to be starting tonight. Um, the the Capitals are not a bad team by any stretch, but they're certainly not the Capitals we know from years past. Uh, offensive juggernauts. They're not that team anymore. And and Wall's looked great so far. The the Leafs love what they've seen in him. They. 
they had a bit of a weird summer that way when it looked like they'd handed him the backup role after bringing back Samsonov, but then they went and signed Martin Jones, a veteran guy, but then they waive him to start the season, et cetera, down the line we go. So I love Joseph Wall. I'll probably put him at the top of my list. I'm not a Jordan Binnington guy. The, the matchup against the struggling Jets seems like a good one. And on the flip side, I love Carter Hart, local kid here. Um, by all accounts, a great goaltender, just stuck in that situation in Philly at the moment. It's just a matter of who he plays for. He's probably going to get peppered with rubber. Unless your uh, league really values saves over, say, wins and um, doesn't peg you too much for goals against, I could justify putting uh, Carter Hart over Jordan Binnington. But in most leagues, the wins are what really matters and maybe even the the chance at a shutout. Uh, I'll throw Binnington into the number two slot, but I don't really love either of those options as your number two. Uh, Just coming down from the NHL. What was the TV show? I think it was like the O.J. Simpson one, and one of the promo the clips they, they used for the commercials was, choose a side. After consultation with the Players Association and the Inclusion Coalition, players will now have the option to voluntarily represent social causes with their stick tape throughout the season. So the NHL first said no pride tape, and now it's, eh, do what you want. I just say, like, hey, make your decision and go with it. It's a, it's a wishy-washy <laughs> stance, and, and we've already seen it through two weeks of the NHL season that players yeah. are going to do it re- almost as a statement and, and a, the true definition and original definition of a protest, right? Yeah. It's, it's nothing but making an effort to have your views be known. You don't got to say anything. You don't got to do anything uh, out of the arm. You just tape your stick with a different color of tape. And it gets your point across. Uh, Travis Dermott down in Arizona, uh, probably the most headlined version of it so far this season. A lot of guys said they're planning on doing it regardless. I'll be honest. I'm glad the NHL backed off on this, giving players the freedom to do what they want. But that also goes both ways, mm-hmm. right? Um, going back to the original cause of this issue about the pride jerseys and players refusing to wear them. It's, I, I do think players should have the choice and then they can face the repercussions of choosing not to do that from a social standpoint because all choices come with repercussions. Whether you like you agree with them, you don't, good or bad, it's, it's, it's just a fact and it is a choice. So uh, the, giving players the options to go one way or the other, that's what I'm okay with. It, it was the, the hard stance that I was kind of like scratching my head at, regardless of the cause, like pride tape, uh, indigenous jersey night, Military, um, milita- military support yeah. night, uh, hockey fights, cancer, cancer yeah. all these things. They're all into the same basket. And so choice is the best possible option. Yeah. yeah I mean, I just, it just makes me wonder. We're like two weeks into the season. <laughs> did the NHL not have this conversation with the players before that? Or did right. they just drop it thinking, eh, who's going to care? In 2023, who's going to care? Well, that came down today. Our text line, one 401 Dev says, would you trade Tony Pollard for Lamar Jackson? Only quarterback I have right now is Brock Purdy, and I have Christian McCaffrey and James Cook for running backs also, but I have been liking Pollard. I'm a big Lamar Jackson fan, so certainly I, I think I would make that deal just because I don't know Brock Purdy. You know, I, I don't know if you can trust him consistently, and Lamar Jackson, I think he's finally got a receiver. He's finally got that number one target in in Zay Flowers, so I like it. I, I do too, and James Cook is far from a, you talk about reliable, yeah. he, he's far from that, virtually anybody in that uh, Buffalo backfield falls into that category, so Pollard is a great player, don't get me wrong, and a big part of that Cowboys offense is they continue to make a charge for an NFC East title, try and chase down the, the Eagles, and if not, certainly a wild card spot, but Lamar Jackson is 
a top five quarterback in the NFL. Certainly looking at this season, uh, certain guys that you would probably normally put there maybe fallen out of that realm, including uh, Connor's boy, Justin Herbert, who has not had a sparkling season by any stretch of the imagination. His so, finger's broken. Give yeah, him a break. On his non-throwing hand. But I can't go under center, man. The uh, <laughs> there, There's a lot of factors at play, but <laughs> Lamar Jackson absolutely balled out yeah. this past weekend against the Lions. Absolutely schmucked him. Uh, so I say pull the trigger if if it's there for you and there's not too many other um, you know factors at play. I, I I think it's a good deal for you. Tony Pollard has two touchdowns on the season. They both came in week one. Yeah. So he hasn't hit the end zone. He had a big game against the Cardinals where he rushed for 122 yards. Uh, kind of quiet. Other than that, though, he had uh, against the Chargers 80 receiving yards. But you can't bank on him to play that Chargers defense again. So yeah, I don't know. I I. I'm a big fan of Tony Pollard. I felt last year, or the last couple of years, I'd usually grab him on the waiver wire when nobody would take him, and he'd he'd have great games playing with Zeke. But I think to get a quarterback, I think I would make that move. Triple C in a truck says, how about those Eagles? How the heck do they get Kevin Biard from the Tennessee Titans? I mean, that was that's amazing. Uh, don't know if you can count on them to go... Another game without taking one penalty? That was very impressive. I'm sure Miami Dolphins fans saw a couple. As uh, Madden told us in the old video games, you can always you can always call a, pe- a penalty. There's probably holding on every play if you look close enough. But the Eagles, yeah, they got a really good team. Uh, strong along both offense and defensive lines. Jalen Hurts is looking good. Great receivers. You had Julio Jones, who as a third receiver, not bad. Running backs look great. DeAndre Swift, what a what an acquisition that was. Then on the defensive side of the ball, yeah, it's like it was like Roseman saw Tyree Kill get that long touchdown and immediately was like, we got to address that. That will not fly here. How do we improve our secondary? And uh, uh, some people might say he's just fleecing the Tennessee Titans for the second time in a couple of years after bringing in A.J. Brown, who, you know, looks amazing with Devontae out there. They've got some really good weapons and, that's what you got to do. I absolutely love that that aggressiveness from teams that are already good. We saw it last year with the 49ers going out there and getting Christian McCaffrey. And I mean, it's it's an arms race and Philadelphia Eagles being aggressive and making it happen. Uh, that's going to do it for us here on the show today. Big thank you to Jeff Ulrich for dropping by. If you missed anything, you can always go listen to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow talking more NFL and NHL, maybe we'll get into a little NBA as the NBA season gets going right away here as well. For Brandon Douglas, I'm Connor Halley. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Up next, it is the Lowdown with Low Tide. Before that, though, we'll get to a top-of-the-hour update brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky. Locations in Leduc's, Bruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. WilhockBeefJerky.com. Here is Brandon Douglas.